a little bit lighter note here. Describe your funniest memory while working here at Crossroads. I have two of them. Uh, first one was it was whenever this building was being built uh, right here. It was uh, they had a, a dumpster out here for everyone to dump, take their stuff in. I guess the community thought so too, and so. Travis walked by it one day, and he says, hey, what is that smell? And I said, I don't know. Let's get in there. And so we get in stuff, and we get to smelling around. I said, it's got to be right here underneath this right here. So I grabbed this sack and opened it up, and it was some old dead catfish, and there was maggots all over it. <laughs> oh, we're getting ready to eat in a little bit. No, there wasn't, okay? Uh, but it stank like that. And so Travis says, oh. So he started gagging, and then he started like, uh, he ran for all the way across the parking lot. And he was like, uh, I'm not going to say it because we're getting ready to eat, uh, throwing up and stuff. And so, so that was a funny, funny thing right there. And the second funniest uh, memory I have in it was uh, we might have played golf in here. Uh, might not have, but uh, I think we were trying to hit golf balls into the, uh, into the baptistry. And, or if, if we did it, that's what we were trying to do, okay? Uh, so... So I'm not sure if we did, but that is a funny min- memory for me. So, any any funny memory, it always involved Gary. <clears throat> and there's too many to think of and, and to to just pick out one, but um, always involved Gary. I, I thought of um, his church lady impression. Does anybody in here remember his church lady impression at kids camp? There is a video somewhere on Facebook <clears throat> on our Facebook page. His church lady impression. Um, uh, and, uh, looking for a city. City. Uh, he, he's going to do that here in a little bit. No. Uh, but, it, yeah, it always always involved Gary and uh, funny um, the staff retreats that we would take. Gary take us fishing. We go hunting. Playing golf. All those good times um, always led to something funny. And um, this guy right here led the way. I want you to know I was not the pastor when they played golf in here, all right? Just know that. <laughs> they didn't may not, may or may not have been done, but I was not the pastor here if it may or may not have happened, all right? Uh, but I'll just say for me, and I'm going to again, I'm going to tell, uh, kind of use some names here, um, along with, with Justin. There's so many with Gary. Uh, most of them you can't share. So, uh, but, but for me, one of the funnier ones because of what it, it ended up helping me, but it was one Sunday morning after church. And, and I'm, this is going to be Randy and Darla. Just so um, I was walking through the church, closing things up, shutting lights off, and I walk out, and there's uh, this little girl sitting on the couch out here. Her name was Abby Six, and I said, Abby, what what are you doing? And she wasn't sad or anything. She just said, Mom and Dad left me, and 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 both of them had driven that day, all right. And, and so one thought the other one had it. And and can I just tell you this? This isn't saying that they're bad parents. They're great parents. They've raised uh, four great ladies. Um, I have notes in my, my uh, house because I have three daughters. Uh, WWRD, what would Randy do? I just want you all to know that. So I follow the example of Randy. But I said, well, I said, Abby, we'll take you home. I'll take you home. And we, we get in the van. I have my daughters with me. And, and I seriously, I, I'm talking with Abby. She's not sad or anything. I'm just talking with her. And, and I pull over the, up the hill off of Highway 16 with uh, those that have grown up here, what used to be Hilltop Cafe. I don't know what it is now, um, but there was a cop there, and I was going 10 miles over, and of course it scared my my girls and and Abby sitting there, and I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna try to use Abby parents leaving Abby at church to try to get me out of this, and, 
and, and the cop comes up and said, hey, wh why are you in a hurry? And I said, sir, I apologize. I said, I'll be honest. I said, I, I wasn't paying attention. I said, I'm taking this young girl home. I said, her mom and dad left her at church. And, 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 and I said, I was just talking, and I was not paying attention. And he said, license and registration. And, and so uh, he takes it, and he comes back, and, and he says, well, well, Mr. Marcus, I'm going to let you off, but I, I want you to get that girl home safely to her parents. And I said, yes, sir. And I rolled up the window, and I, and I went home. So to Randy and Darla, thank you for leaving your daughter <laughs> at, at, at the church that morning uh, because it got me out of a ticket. Right? I think my funniest crossroad memory just happened. <laughs> oh, goodness. It, it, it is good to be able to laugh, and being able to laugh together as family is important. And uh, you've had some, some great memories here. And by the way, I don't even play golf. So... <laughs> Hey, Ben, Braden Buss is on the phone. He wants to share his funny memory. All right. We'll, please. Try, we'll try to do this on the mic. Are you there, Braden? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Well, i got to say, too, that I, I'm thankful for the people of Crossroads. They took care of my family when we went through this the time before, and they were always there for us, and the people loved us more than a church has ever loved a pastor, and I'm grateful for that. And because I'm not there, I can confirm that, I made it into the baptistry from the sound booth with a nine iron. Uh, Merrill Masters provided the golf balls in the clubs, just so <laughs> not in trouble, but he wasn't there. But my funniest memory was at Falls Creek when we went to the coffee shop and Gary went in and asked for a banana-flavored coffee, and they rolled their eyes at him, and he said, have you ever seen the show Undercover Boss? And the girl's eyes got big, and he said, well, now you're on it. I'm your boss. And she started freaking out, thinking she was going to get in trouble for not making his coffee. And that's the one I'm allowed to share. There are others that, of course, I wouldn't say. But uh, thanks for letting me call in. I love you all with, with my whole heart, and so does my family. And we're uh, sorry we couldn't be there. But we'll see you soon. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Okay, um, so question number seven. What does or should Crossroads mean for the community? Well, uh, Crossroads has always been the church of the community. I mean, it's the one that people come to if they, if a funeral, this is the largest uh, sanctuary. Uh, it's, a, it's a church that uh, uh, is highly uh, involved in the school, uh, school system, so uh, that gives a lot of contacts there. Uh, and it's it's one that uh, I think whenever whenever you talk to people downtown and stuff, and you say I'm on staff at uh, Crossroads, they say it's that big church, isn't it? And I said, yeah, it's a big church, but it's a family church, is what it is. Uh, that's what the, uh, that's what Crossroads should be to the community, is a family church that's investing in their lives uh, to get them to get them to come in and stuff. And so that's what I would say. You, did you read that? Because I wrote the no. same thing. Let me have that for the yeah, next one. He was reading, he's reading my notes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'll just add a little bit. Um, I think moving forward, um, the future of this church should um, be the church that, that loves and cares for the community of Beggs in every way possible, um, mostly for the souls of this community, 
um, but also any other way that this church can love and care for the community, the school, um, the citizens, um, the city. Any way possible, we should love and care for the community of Beggs. Um, I did what they say, um, but also I would just add to that, that and this just isn't for Crossroads. This would be any church, I think, when it comes to the community. Um, but we're called to uh, fulfill the Great Commission, and we're called to fulfill the Great Commandment. And uh, I believe you all have done that as a church, and I believe that you're continuing to do that as a church. Uh, you are continuing to make disciples, and uh, not only that, you are continuing to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you're loving your neighbor as yourself. And I believe that's what we've heard already from these two. And uh, that's, to me, that's what a church is, and that's what it should mean for the community, uh, is that we are always and continually pointing back to Christ um, because we do everything for his glory and his honor. Jesus said in his uh, Sermon on the Mount that we are a light. The, the people in the, in the, around, the world around us, they're, they're living in darkness, and they may not come into the light, but they, they know where it's at. And if you're letting your light shine, when that moment of crisis comes, guess where they're going to come? They're going to come to the place where they know they're going to be told the truth in love. They're going to come to the place where they know it's a safe place to be who they are. They're going to come to the place where they know that they will be accepted. And, and that's really what it means to be church, to always tell people the truth of Jesus Christ, to be the light that always points to him and, and calls people out of the darkness, to be the place where there is love, acceptance, and forgiveness. And to do that, you got to keep your eyes on him. So that's what Crossroads need to do. Keep your eyes on Jesus, keep following him, and let him make you what he wants you to be in this community. Question eight and nine kind of lean into the same vein. So, so listen carefully because they're just a little different. What's a lesson you have learned in ministry that you would share? A lesson I've learned in ministry is uh, one of my favorite things to do is outreach. Uh, I love to uh, to go into people's homes, uh, talk to them about the Lord. But uh, but what I realized in uh, through the, the lesson I learned from it is uh, I wasn't the only one ever knocking on that door. Uh, sometimes it was uh, places of the world that was knocking on the door, and so it kept me going back there. And then you would uh, sometimes God would be gracious enough to let you see a breakthrough with that. And so my my biggest lesson I've ever learned was continue, continue, continue. And that's how I did it. Uh, James 4.10 says, Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. And for me, uh, simply be humble and serve. Um, sim simply, uh, that's all I, I, I could do, just be humble and serve. And um, be moldable. Um, I could think of, of times where God had to stretch me here uh, and I came here in 2009 as a part-time worship leader and then uh, y'all called me full-time licensed me ordained me um, my worst fear was and still is public speaking and I had the opportunity to preach several times um, during interim and, and that was something I never thought I could could actually do and uh, but God give glory to him he he was able to mold me and make me into um, what he wanted me to be and 
And so that, that's the, the biggest thing, I think, just be humble, serve, be moldable, and allow God to, to stretch you to do what he wants to do. For me, um, it was given to me uh, spring of 1999, so that's 24 years ago, and it's stuck with me ever since. Um, I'd been an intern at uh, First Baptist Church, Hera, and as a youth minister, I was over the middle school youth, but that, that youth ministry had about 150-plus youth in it. And so there was two youth ministers there, me and another guy, and they couldn't bring me on full-time, and so I was getting ready to get married, and so I was graduating uh, OBU, and, and so the uh, Lord called me to a, a church in Midwest City. It was Country States Baptist Church in Midwest City. So went from a youth group running 150 to maybe 15. And um, First Baptist Hera had a lot of resources. Country Estates did not. And there was a guy in the church at Country Estates, and he, I, I believe he could see that I was struggling with this a little bit. His name was Ken Bass. And uh, Ken Bass passed away six months after I got there. But every Sunday morning when I walk into the sanctuary, he'd make this statement to me. He'd shake my hand, and he would say, do the best you can with what the Lord has given you to do it with and do it for the glory of God. And he said that to me every Sunday morning for those six months. Uh, and it was a reminder to me that has stuck with me for these 24 years, that you're going to be in different sizes of churches. And as you go, do the best you can with what the Lord has given you to do it with, and you do it for his glory and his honor, um, and, and you leave the results up to God. Uh, we're, we're called to be faithful. And, uh, you know, Paul kind of speaks to that in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 when he talks about uh, Paul watered, Apollos, or Paul planted, Apollos watered, but only God brings the growth. Um, you know, that's what we're called to do. We're just called to be faithful what the Lord has given us to do it with. Do it for his glory and his honor and leave the results up to God. And I'm going to be honest with you, um, that has relieved me of a lot of stress over the years uh, because I know it's not up to me. It's up to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Along those same lines, I've learned don't be afraid. Greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. And Satan loves to get us afraid because if he can get us afraid, we'll freeze. And if we freeze, he wins. You know, the thing of it is, he's already lost, and we need to remember that. Uh, I remember in my second church, I'm not going to tell you the whole story. It's a long story. Just suffice it to say that there was a guy there that had a very tough reputation in the community. Some things had happened. I felt like I needed to go talk with him. I mentioned to one of my deacons that I was going to go talk with him. He said, oh, the last guy that tried to talk to him about Jesus, he grabbed him by the belt and the scruff of his, his collar of his shirt and he literally threw him off his front porch that took me a minute to get over that but I decided that God wanted me to go anyway I went I knocked on his door he knew me let me in uh, knew me for, as more than just the preacher but uh, long story anyway uh, we began talking and, and pretty soon I presented the gospel to him and he said I've been waiting for somebody to come tell me about Jesus and he accepted Jesus that day and I, I was sitting there quaking in my boots, thinking, oh, I'm going to get thrown off the porch. He's, gonna, he's, not, he's not even going to grab my, my belt and shirt. He's going to grab me by the hair of the head and drag me out of his house and throw me off. But no, God had other plans. Don't be afraid to stand up for Jesus. These are great words. I, I think the next one kind of dovetails in, so it may overlap a little bit. If you could give one piece of advice or words of wisdom that have stuck with you throughout your life and ministry, what would you offer? Yeah, it does kind of go with the other one, but I would say uh, be ready. Uh, if, you're, if you're always ready, uh, be ready to give an account of the gospel because uh, you never know when God's going to put opportunities in front of, your, in front of you. Uh, there's a 
lady called and said, hey, my, uh, my dad needs to hear about Jesus and stuff. And I said, okay. And so me and another church member had to go through three or four gates through a pasture and stuff, but we were ready. And so we went to, uh, to present the gospel to him. And, you know, it was very, uh, it was kind of like, like uh, 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 Bill was saying, you know, it was kind of nerve-wracking a little bit, but we was ready. And so uh, that's, that's what I'd say. Always be ready to give an account for the gospel. Um, as pastors, a lot, a lot of um, your week revolves around Sunday. Preparing for Sunday uh, is like game day. Um, <clears throat> and I think I didn't give myself much grace early on. Um, didn't allow myself to make mistakes. If I, if I had a, it's okay to have a bad Sunday and it, um, or a bad week, but I can remember or back early on when, uh, if I missed a chord or I sang the wrong note or I, I was off key, I would just beat myself up, um, over simple little mistakes like that. And it took me a while to get over that, but, um, just give yourself grace, allow yourself to make mistakes, learn from them. Um, move on, um, but allow yourself some grace. It's not the end of the world if you have a bad Sunday. Um, for me, as I've thought about this question, um, some of y'all know Randy Swift, and Randy was a youth minister here years ago, 80s and 90s, and I mentor mine still. Um, but early on in my pastorate, he made a statement to me that uh, has stuck with me, and I believe it's words of wisdom for any church. And it's simply this fact that he, he and I want to try to word it the way he worded it, but it was something along the lines of the people that God uses to move the church to where it is now may not be the people that God uses to move the church to where it's going. And I think his point, I don't think it was his point, his point being is pastors, ministers come and go. People come and go. We don't want to see people come and go. Uh, we want them to stay, but people come and go. But ultimately, God is sovereign. God is providential. Uh, and, 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 and God knows what he's doing, and, and he's in control. And, and, you know, people will come and go, but God is steady. God remains the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And as churches, we got to continue. I just, there again, did it twice, right? Um, but we have to be willing to trust the Lord. And to know that he is in control, no matter who he has shepherding the church, and no matter who it is that is setting out in this congregation. Um, if God has started this church with 37 people in 2003, look where it's at today. And God's going to continue to be in control if we let him. And he's going to continue to lead and guide us if we let him. Um, and so those are the words of wisdom that was given to me that has stuck with me since, uh, since I've been in the pastorate. Words of wisdom. Redeem the time, past, present, and future. In the past, you know, our history, we need to celebrate the victories. We need to learn from the mistakes. Future, we need to plan for it because it's coming. We need to work for it because it's not going to come on its own. We have to make it happen. God puts us here. He's going to do it, but he says, get to work because I'm going to use you to make it happen. But the present, live in it, 
This is the door, the day that the Lord has made. Rejoice. Be glad in it. Serve him today. When I was in seminary, there was always a, this, these guys that were, one, one day I'm going to. I'm going to. guy by the name of Zig Ziglar popularized a phrase about a round to it, T-U-I-T. He said, one of these days I'm going to get a round to it. Hey, this is that day. Just do it. The, the last question, and, and you guys have been so gracious, and so I'm grateful for that. The last question is, is a hypothetical. What is something you wish you could have accomplished during your time here? With me, I wished I'd have been better at discipleship. Uh, I always had the mindset, if I can put 12 students in a room, I could disciple 12, but it's hard for me to do a one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, and I think that's where true discipleship happens a lot. And I, that wasn't one of my strengths right there. I could get them in and lead them to the Lord and stuff, but I'd rather disciple 12 as opposed to discipling one. And if I had it all to do over, I'd probably concentrate more on some individual uh, discipleship that way. I am my own worst critic, so I have a lot of personal things I wish I could have done. But um, I think overall, uh, being able to just lead more people to the Lord, baptize, being that baptistry, baptizing somebody every Sunday would have been a great, great thing to do. Um, but uh, again, give myself grace. Uh, but we can all, always do better. And uh, just to encourage you, um, allow God to use you. Um, let him use your strengths. And whatever your weaknesses you have, keep going. And uh, don't regret, don't have regrets. Um, allow God to use you. Be, be a disciple and disciple people. And then allow God to use his Holy Spirit to uh, reach people. For me, uh, like I said, I was here almost 14 years. 11 of those, 11 and a half of those was as pastor. And, and I'll just, you know, I, I shared this with Braden. Uh, but prior to him even coming on as pastor, because him and I was just talking one day. And uh, I said, if there's one thing... Uh, that I wished I could accomplish here. I, I felt like those 11 and a half years, a lot of it was was uh, entailed construction, um, paying off buildings, and and God God did some miraculous things, and and God used that 11 and a half years to establish, I believe, what we have today, what you have today, what Crossroads has today, and grateful for all that. But if I could go back, one thing I wish that we would have had more time to do for me personally if I could have led you all to be more uh, of a, in missions. And, and I will say this, I believe the Lord answered that prayer after leaving because Braden did that. And now you have Kylie and Brandon that do that. And um, the Lord has, has answered that prayer uh, that I had uh, a desire for you as a church. Um, and, and I wished I could have done that more. Uh, we went on a few, I think Louisiana and Indiana and but uh, just wish we could have done that done that more. And I know he took groups to Mexico. It was towards the end of, of my time here. But just uh, you all have been able to do that and take it to the next level. And for that, I commend you. And I continue to have that mission's heart uh, to, to go and to, to, to realize that we're not just called to bags. Uh, but we're called to go into the other ends of the, uh, ends of the earth. And so uh, grateful for what the Lord has done uh, through Braden and through Kylie and Brandon as well. My time with you so far has been very limited, but I'm still here. I still get to, to go with you and walk with you. And so I'm looking forward to, to doing what I was called here to do 
as a director of missions, and that's to help us be more strategic, to be more, to have more intentionality, not just good intentions. And I'm excited about what God is going to do in Crossroads and, and, and in North Canadian Baptist Association because he is at work. A lot, of, a lot of churches are declining, but that's not the heart of this church. This church is still wanting to grow, and so I want to see what God is going to do there. I want to help you be strategic in that, not just sitting back saying, I hope it happens, but being at work to make it happen. And he's the one that's going to do it, not us, but we get to be a part, and I'm excited about that. Well, it's such an honor to have you guys answer these questions. Let's hear a round of applause for them. Well, I hope you enjoyed that as much as we have. We certainly, as a church family, were just blessed to be in the midst of former leaders, current leaders, just absolutely overwhelmed by the response of the congregation that had a chance to hear these, these, these examples of ministry and the legacy that Crossroads has in our community. We're looking forward to many, many, many years to come, and we're excited about the work that's going to happen right here in our church and our community. We hope that you'll think about joining us at Crossroads. This is Brother Ben saying, God bless you until we meet again.